Welcome to Salt and Light. I'm Shaul van Veek. It's wonderful to have you listeners uh, in the studio with us, quite practically being able to listen to our program. We are grateful for you tuning in. And uh, we are speaking about the Lordship of Jesus Christ in all areas of life. How, how can we make a difference? How do we take our Christian faith and apply it in different areas? And today we're speaking to Ian and Nicole. They were business owners, and they'll give us a bit of their background right now. But uh, they um, set up a company, they've sold the company, and we are talking to them about how one goes about to start your own business. We, we're really sitting uh, in the Western Cape and all over South Africa, in fact, the whole of Africa, where um, a lot of people have lost their jobs due to uh, companies closing down, uh, those who couldn't get through uh, two years of virtually no income during the, the COVID uh, times that we've struggled through. So uh, we're going to talk to Ian and Nicole about how they got started with their business and maybe uh, we as listeners can pick up some tips uh, for the future and maybe God uses this in in an amazing way through his Holy Spirit to inspire you to, if you're looking for a job, maybe to start your own thing. So uh, Ian, welcome to Salt and Light. Great to have you with us. Hi, Charles. Thanks. And hello, listeners. Nicole, welcome. Good to have you with us again. Thanks, Sean. Great to be here. Ian, give us a little bit of your your background, your educational background, uh, a little bit of your your business background before we get going. All right, Charles. So uh, I was fortunate enough. I grew up in KZN. I like to call it the promised land. But uh, fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you know what radio you're on? <laughs> um, I grew up in Maritzburg. I attended school, varsity. I did everything in Maritzburg. I have a BCom with a postgrad in economics. But I need to preface this by saying don't turn off the dial because it is not necessary to have a big qualification to start your business. All right. So this just is to give some context so you understand where I'm coming from. Yes, I have a more analytical, maybe uh, logical approach to business based on my studies, but it is not the be-all and end-all. Anyone. There are many, many, many people around the world who do not have degrees, who have learning difficulties. You know, Branson springs to mind immediately, um, and yet have been able to very successfully, very successful. Now, I've started several businesses. When I was in KZN, I used to mow lawns, do irrigation, and then when we came back to South Africa, we started uh, another business, which is what we built for 17 years, and then we sold it in 2020. Um, and uh, you know, God's hand was on that business quite clearly from the start. Fantastic. Uh, Nicole, you and Ian are married. Um, you've uh, started this business. Give a bit of an idea of uh, your background, your studies, whatever you did before sure. you guys got going into this 17-year project. Okay, so I also went um, to school in um, KZN and then I studied undergrad and then I moved to the UK and did a master's in marketing. And with Ian's background in economics and mine in marketing, I can't say we always agreed on everything in the business because <laughs> we used to look at things from different 
um, points, but obviously it was um, – There was synergy. That's right. Mm. And it would be for the best of the business, the, the ultimate decision. Um, and then, yeah, so we were very happy to start a business in South Africa, although it was very difficult from a um, sort of legal um, point of view in terms of – because I wasn't a South African resident at the time. And even though I was married to a South African, we had to get that in order. So after a number of – of visits to home affairs, I eventually got my permanent residency, which um, helped us to make sure that, you know, everything could be done correctly. Structure everything correctly right, and that yeah. sort of thing. Well, fantastic. Um, Ian and Nicole, it's great to have you with us. We want to talk about the whole idea of um, how does one get started to become a sole proprietor, for want of a better word, start your own little business. Um, some people are unemployed. They might have... Um, you know, a little sideline thing, which is more like a hobby than a business. Um, where does one start? Where does the vision get going uh, to get to get something off the ground? So, Charles, really, that's a very good question. So, finding the idea, a lot of people will say that's not the hardest part, but it is a, is a critical part. So, look at the things that you enjoy doing. Look at your community. What does your community need? Is there a need that's not being fulfilled? Is there possibly a business in that? The other thing is don't be shy of doing something that's already being done. So I always remember when I was lecturing, there's a perfect example. When you go to a massive mall, all the food outlets are gathered in one area. Uh, so competition is not a bad thing. You've got all those food outlets, gives you choice. People will choose where they want to go mm. based on quality, preference, their tastes, etc. Business isn't that different. You don't have to be the only person doing it to make money. Mm. You can start up another business in competition. You've just got to do it better. So if there's someone in your community who does have a business, but their service is shocking or they never have what you need, well, maybe there's, a, an, there's, opportunity. A, there's an opportunity mm. Do it. Start it. And you're right. You don't have to start as a uh, private company, a PTY limited. You start as a sole proprietor. And that simply means you it's just you. use your bank account. Mm. You don't have to open special bank accounts. Mm. Obviously, you've got to um, keep your financial records for your business, but it forms part. You, it's a sole prop. You and the mm. business are one thing. So you don't have to register for VAT, for example, if you're doing less than a million turnover a year. If you are, then you are required to. If mm. you're doing less than a million, you can voluntarily register for VAT, yeah. but you don't have to. But so, there again, you know, if you are turning over that kind of money, you don't have to go study how to do this. There are people out there who have absolutely. their own businesses who absolutely. specialize in helping you with, with these yep. sorts of things. So these are... Ask. Ask people around you for advice. Speak to people. Um, don't be shy. Because if you've got an idea, why do you want to sit on it? You want to sit on it one year, two years, three years, then you do it five years later and you think, why I didn't I do it earlier? Why, why didn't I do this five yes. years ago? Yes, yeah. Um, Nicole, lots of people um, from a perspective of marketing, which you've, you've studied, uh, lots of people are into this idea of, of making everything big. I've been listening to a man who says, everybody makes excuses all the time because they expect to go from nothing to something. He said, 
I started at the age of 12 with my first business. I was selling sweets at my school. Um, you know, and he, he says, that was a business that helped me in the circumstances at the time of need to make 70 cents a week so that I could go buy whatever he needed, you know, by selling sweets. And then he went on from there at the age of 14 or 15 to cutting the hair of the children at school to such an extent he got so good that the teachers used to come to him <laughs> and pay for it. So, you know what I mean? He's saying... Sometimes you need to just get off your, no, you know what, and get and get started with something because it can help you where you are at at that time. Don't expect to become a millionaire overnight. Definitely. So um, I agree with that. Just get going. So we started um, at our home, and then obviously landed up in um, factories. But we started from the kitchen table. Um, our business. And I can tell you, it makes me smile when you say that um, gentleman started with selling sweets at school. So Ian, um, his very first business was um, planting vegetables along with his mom who would help him. And then he would look after the vegetables with her help again. But when the vegetables were ready, Ian would um, harvest them or pick them and sell them back to his mom um, <laughs> for use and at uh, more expensive than she could buy in the shop. But she felt that that encouraged his entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, so fantastic. yes, yeah, just get going. Do and And think about well, why am I doing this? So nine times out of 10, you're going to be starting a business so that you can support yourself and you can support your family. And then just think a little bit further. Do I want to create employment for other people? But definitely go in with the right attitude. Know that it's going to be hard work. Um, anything that's worth having is going to take hard, hard work. And don't be afraid of hard work. It's not going to always come easy. And that's fine. But don't think, let me start my own business so that I have the freedom and can have lots and lots of holiday. Okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> so again, um, like we have said on previous programs, you need to work to the best of your ability to honor Christ and just get going. Get going in your business. Ask for God's help. Ask for God's guidance. Um, but be practical about it. Just be motivated and take that first step. Mm. Um, don't oversell whatever you're offering. Um, what, you know, be honest with people about whatever your services are. But be honest to the extent of if you say you're going to be there on Tuesday at 10 o'clock, then be there on Tuesday at 10 o'clock. Don't think, oh, well, never mind. You know, they won't mind if, um, if I don't arrive. Communicate with them if there's a problem. So just make sure that you treat your customers the way you would like um, the person that's offering a business or service to you the way you would like them to treat you. Mm. That's so important. I was just speaking to an acquaintance on the weekend. We started his little business with doing electrical work with his one little bucky that he had. And now he's joined forces and they've got a more corporate environment. And he was just saying to me, he says, now that I'm you know, the director in this big organization, he says, I get no overtime pay. All our, all our employees get over overtime pay, but the directors get nothing. He said, we're hoping that in five years' time, we might be able to, you know, with their projections and things. And he's got to work overtime. He's got to work on weekends. He's got to do all these things now with no extra money just for the survival of the business to get through a critical period where they hopefully in the future will have cash flow. Yeah, Charles, that's a good comment and maybe something we should – uh, discuss a little bit is that you really need to do all you can. If you want your business to survive 
and that's in a normal environment, never mind the environment that we've had to deal with over the past two years. Mm. If you want your business to survive and, and thrive, it's down to you. You are going to have to put in the hours, put in the effort. Uh, it's... It's, I encourage people to try and start with a work-life balance, but initially it may be more work than life. Than life. Yes. Um, and that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, you need to manage that. But, you know, for Nicole and I, we would be there sometimes six in the morning and you'd leave eight at night, nine at night, ten at night. We work shifts, so you'd get phone calls at one in the morning, two in the morning. So... We did what we had to to make the business. And when we first started, we both worked two jobs. So it, it, we Goodness had to me. have yeah, yeah, yeah. It had to, effort, effort, it had to be cash flow to sustain the business. I think a lot of people suffer from this idea that I start a business, and you said it in the introduction I start a business, and um, boom, I want to be. I want to be Richard Branson. I want to be Google in a week's time. And I want to be the big cheese sitting at the top telling everyone else what to do. Well, I'm sorry, in 99.9% .9 of cases, that's mm. not how businesses start mm. or mm. grow. Mm. It's hard graft. Mm. But it's rewarding because mm. you'll build that business. You, you don't inherit something from your mom and dad. Some people do. That's fantastic. Very fortunate. And you know what? the weight of that should rest on your shoulders because you need to make sure that it survives. But if you start something from nothing and you build it from scratch and potentially then you can think of employing others and leaving it to your children, you should also feel the weight of that mm. because, you know, you've done it. You've built something mm. that wasn't there at the beginning and that, that's a good feeling. I think there's a, a misconception out in, in many areas, specifically if you don't know the background of people. That's when you see a big business, you, you don't know the effort and the risk that went into getting this up and running. Uh, it was really interesting. I was reading an article about authors who want to do research on millionaires in America and um, the effort they put in, what did they do? How did they uh, get to where they are? So they started in the, the sort of very wealthy suburbs of Washington, D.C. And as they started getting to in, interview people in the area, they discovered that these people aren't millionaires. They just got, they got high salaries. So they're living in these wealthy suburbs, but they actually got, they're living from check to check. They actually don't, they're not investors. They don't have backup. And um, they were shocked to find that. They thought all the millionaires would be living in the expensive suburbs. Um, the more they researched this, they found that the actual millionaires were living in the very normal middle-class suburbs. And most of the millionaires were running, they were one-man shows. They just had taken their expertise very seriously and they'd been working the same job for 40 years, running their own little, what we would call a small enterprise, small sole proprietorship. And just by... Um, investing over the time that they made their funds and that they'd grown into millionaires over time. And and very people, we, we often don't see that or have that vision in South Africa where we, if over a long period of time 
and we are faithful with our funds and we put a little bit of it away and we invest some funds that over the long term, the time value of money makes a massive difference or can make a massive difference to our lives. But uh, I was speaking to a Christian businessman just a while back and he was saying to me, running my own business is spiritual warfare. And I'm sure you all have stories to tell in the business world of this. But he said to me, literally, Charles, I have a friend who prays daily with me for my business. He's got multiple employees. He's got vehicles to run. He's got you know children that have been studying. They're older now. Um, so he had big money to pay for university, all these sorts of things. And he said, at one stage, my company was doing so well, I couldn't keep up with all the project. It was just flowing like crazy. He said, then all of a sudden there was chaos. There was just no work for me. And I contacted my friend, we prayer partners. And my friend said, I had stopped praying for your business because you were doing so well. I didn't feel it necessary any longer. (laughs) And it's just that kind of thing where, you know, we as Christian people need to bathe what we do in prayer. And um, I'm sure, you know, everybody has a story. Have you got any stories that you can tell where... Uh, you've really needed to pray. And I'm, obviously it can be personal. You don't want to get too personal about it, but you know where you believe that God actually um, made a difference, your prayer life made a difference to the situation you were in. Yeah, Charles. So un- unfortunately I, I can't claim um, as your friend did that they prayed every single day. And I know we should um, for our business specifically. Because you do, um, your friend's experience I don't think is unique. You know, you 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 ask God for protection of your business on Monday, and then you pray for your employees or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and sure. then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you get so you busy, don't think of it. And, That's right. And you maybe pray for other things, but but God still blessed the business. So really, there it's a question of saying He blessed it in spite of us. Um, which I think is a, is a learning. But there were times when we were starting, uh, and it doesn't mean that we didn't have these times later on, but when we were starting and things were tight and we had to work the two jobs so that you know, we could, we were fortunate when we came back from the UK, we could pay for our house, but eventually we had to bond our house to be able to buy the factories. So we took a risk. Um, but we would sometimes, Nicole and I, sit and, are we doing the right thing? And I think all business owners at some point in startup and maybe even into mid-operation will question, have I done the right thing? Am I supposed to be doing this? And Uh, there's not always somebody else that has just done exactly what you've done so you can go ask them. It's a lot of pressure on your own shoulders. You you could be breaking new ground, a trailblazer heading out west, you know. uh, So the thing we found is that then when we prayed – so often, and it's a little too often for just coincidence, we would have someone contact us with a big contract or someone would contact us and say, well, I'm interested in your product. What can you offer me? And it was almost a confirmation coming from God that, you know, don't stress. I've got you... I've got your back mm, in a sense. Mm, mm. And our business grew and grew and we were able to create employment through that. So, yes. 
you know, at the end, there many, were f- many families get yeah, blessed the, through that. At the end, there were 50 people. So yes. multiply that maybe by four in a family, yes. and there's 200 odd folk which were uh, benefiting from the income of that person. Well, well that's on. that's also not quite true because if you um, if you start adding the benefits of their spending power again from the work that they've been doing by you you could literally be impacting the lives of thousands of people through your 50 employees. Um, you know, and I think that's a big challenge we have in South Africa too, uh, you know, from your, your perspective, having studied um, economics, Ian, is many of us think that the economy is a closed system and it can't grow and we just hope it doesn't get smaller. But that's not the, that's not the truth of the situation. No, uh, totally not. And I need to put up front right now that, that I am a believer in capitalism. I believe it is the best vehicle that exists. I believe it is scriptural. I don't believe greed is scriptural. We know it isn't. But I do believe capitalism is scriptural. It is the best way of uplifting a population bar none. So if you have this issue with capitalism, it's something you need to address because it is it is the best way of uplifting people because Profit is the driver for the person that starts the business. Mm. He takes the risk. He wants to make a profit. That's over and above the salary that he'll draw. But he is entitled to that profit. That is what pushes that person to do that business. Mm. And on the back of that, those people who are not inclined to be entrepreneurial will benefit because they've got a job Yes. To work in. And, and that it, is the exact problem we find in this country at the moment is everyone is looking to the government to be the knight in shining armor, mm. which they are clearly not. Mm. So they are not going to be able to pay you what you could earn if you just said, you know what, no one died from hard work. So I'm going to get out there and, and do it. Yes, There are lots of opportunities in South Africa. This is not a saturated market. Yes, there's difficulties. We all know that, 100%. But there are real opportunities in South Africa for small and medium enterprises. And if if we start a 1,000 small businesses and they all employ two people, you know, you could revolutionize there's 2,000 people sure. already employed. And the benefit going through to their own families the and whole, their spending power, and, the and whole that, trickle that just goes that, through. In economics, yeah. they call the trickle-down effect. Yes. is you know, There's a multiplier effect, so... There are lots of people who then benefit because everyone starts to engage with the economy and contribute and be able to purchase items that they need for their family. Which then generates business for other people again. Exactly. So it it expands. But the other thing I need to just give a quick warning is here in South Africa, we're experiencing the opposite. So the economy is actually contracting. Mm, It's shrinking. That's right. So as much as the multiplier works in a positive effect – it can work in a negative effect. So fewer people work, fewer people buy things. Fewer jobs, fewer mm. people work, fewer people buy things. So it has a negative effect. Sure. And that's what we really have to be cautious yeah. about. Well, my friends, I'm Charles van Veek. We're almost at the end of our program. We're talking to Ian and Nicole, uh, people who started their own business. We're talking about um, how we can make a difference. How can we get going in our own businesses? And uh, Nicole, just with regards, we went from microeconomics to macroeconomics <laughs> and we're back down to microeconomics. Um I'm sitting at home. I've been working as an electrician. I have the certificate. I can get going. What place does marketing come into this? Do I go and shake hands with a builder and offer my services? Do I do Facebook marketing? What do I do to get going in my little business? 
Okay, so I think the first thing is you need to identify um, the area in which you want to work. Who are your who is your target market? So yes, very well. Um, different builders could be your target market, but you might also just have the um, general handyman electrician um, who can do small jobs at people's houses. It doesn't have to be rewiring an entire house. Or industrial. Yeah. Yeah. So get out there and let people know what you're doing. Maybe make a flyer and put it in people's post boxes. Word of mouth, you know, get um, get a job, um, a contract rather with someone, but it doesn't, don't think it has to be big and it has to last a month and stuff. You know, you might be the kind of person that people just need to come around to their house to rewire something small, etc. And that might be better for you um, in terms of your income and in terms of your ability. Maybe you don't have a big van and all it's all kitted out that's fine you can start small Mm. so don't be afraid of starting small don't think that if only I had if only I had if only I had because you can get there um, but you need to put in the groundwork so um, start where you're at um, communicate with people knocking on people's doors and telling them about your services um, and word of mouth you know if you've done if you've done a job for someone and it was um, you're proud of the job that you've done and maybe you have a Facebook page. Ask that person if they wouldn't mind putting a review on your Facebook page, just putting up a comment to say that, yes, they used you and they were happy with you. Yeah. You know, And if you've done a good job, I can guarantee that the person that you've done that job for will be very happy to do that and tell them you're a small business, you're starting out. You know, Please can they um, kind of endorse your work just to you know, let people know that you were good at it. Mm. So it, it doesn't – you don't have to have a big um, marketing campaign and lots of money for – big billboards yes. or whatever. can literally get going with your neighbours, quite frankly. Definitely. Quite frankly. Fantastic. Yes. Well, Ian and Nicole, it's been wonderful chatting to you, my friends uh, listening. I'm Charles van Vake. We've been talking to Ian and Nicole on uh, starting your own little enterprise, your business. And I think what they've made very clear is that we need to pray about these issues and we need to really work as if we're working for Jesus Christ um, and and uh, take responsibility and get out there and get things started. Ian, thank you very much. It's great having you with us today. Thanks, Charles. Great to be here. Nicole, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks, Charles. Thanks for having us. Great. Well, there we go. And we are closing off.